0: If I just say the meditation has made me humble and I'm doing things that are in alignment with the person that I wanna be, so that's made me confident, is like, I wanna run a marathon and I'm, I'm consistent in my training for the marathon. That makes me confident because I'm doing what I say I'm gonna do. But in another sense, I know that I'm not all knowing or all powerful or all anything. I'm just a guide on the vision, on the mission of what I wanna accomplish. I guess it's the mix of, of meditation and doing difficult things that are in alignment with the person that I wanna be that has allowed me to have both of those traits.
1: Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey, or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. we going fall- Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you. Today, I have my friend, or hopefully new friend, Danny Miranda with me. I am so pumped. So as always, before we dive into the episode, if you get value from this, I I make this for one person. I don't care about shares, comments, likes. Those are awesome if you feel so inclined. But what I care about is that the person that needs to hear this gets this. So if you think of someone that can connect with this, or if you connect with this, Send this to your friend so that you guys can share in that experience and, uh, and get that value together. Danny, thank you for being with me and thank you for giving me your energy and your time. I really appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you for having me. Thank Dude. you for being you.
1: <laughs> Sweet. I, uh, I just want to dive right in. Do you mind? Do you mind if we dive in with deep questions and, and don't even, don't, I don't even give you some, some softies? I don't need the softballs. I live for <laughs> cool. the deep end. 100 foot pool. That's where <laughs> we're going. Let's Love go. It. So in 2019, at the end of 2019, you were depressed. Um, I I resonated with your story. And, and I'm sure if people have heard your podcast, they've heard it a few times with your mentor and, and friend. Um, but can you just talk to me about what that experience was like, what you were feeling, where, where you were, and, and what you were kind of journaling at that time uh, of feeling just kind of really down? I was... I mean, it's almost like a different reality. It's so remarkable. It's like almost
0: like the level and the depth of pain I was in in that moment is like equivalent to how much light I feel right now and how much joy and peace and love I feel for life. Like, it's actually remarkable when you reflect on it. But I was just, I couldn't do what I said I wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. have, have you ever been in that spiral where it's just like, I'm going to go and read this, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to um, do a nice thing for someone. And you say that to yourself, and you know that's the quote-unquote thing you should do. But then mm-hmm. you don't do it. Like, there, that happened to me enough times where I just thought I was fundamentally flawed in some way. And that if I was so flawed that I couldn't do what I said I was gonna do, I might as well just not be here, was mm-hmm. my thought process. And that's very sad and dark to say, and like just out loud when I say it, it's just like dark. But it's true. That's how I felt at the time. And that was my mindset. That's what I was thinking, and that's what how I was feeling.
1: How much did outside influence impacted like were you seeing people on social media or seeing your friends on social media within drop shipping space or e-commerce space like anybody crushing it you were like that was impacting it or was it just by yourself it was just by myself i've never
0: really thought about like other people are ahead of me other people are doing this other people like that never really resonated at all still doesn't to this day but yeah it was more just internal
1: like i am not capable so there was a turning point for you where where you reached out to reach out to your mentor and you said, Hey, I need help. Talk to me about the motivation and the desperation going into that. Like what led you to send that email?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. Tej definitely is a mentor and was a mentor then, but he was also just a friend. He was just someone mm-hmm. like I felt like I could reach out to. He would he would actually listen to what I had to say and, and cared about me enough to to want the best version of myself. And he always saw the best out of me. He always saw my light. Um, so the turning point was, I believe it was September 9th, 2019. And I sent him an email that was basically like, dude, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know if this is a fundamental flaw in my being. I feel so awful about living. I just feel terrible. And kind of when I'm sending that email in the La Jolla, La Jolla library in San Diego, I I can see the table that I'm... That I was at and I could see the pain that I was feeling. And like I remember like tears coming to my eyes while sending that. And I I just shut my laptop and was like, damn, like I'm in the most beautiful place and I feel like the absolute worst. Hmm. And that dichotomy was really powerful. And when I was sent that email, it kind of was like the awareness in that moment came to be of like, oh, like this is the problem. Because the way I articulated the problem just now was not what it felt like in the moment. It felt like just A bunch of scrambled thoughts and a bunch of like like just I I couldn't I couldn't get anything coherent and so what sending the email did was I wrote out the problem and I was able Mm -hmm. to see the problem for what it was and then I could begin to solve the problem which is what I did in the following week which was quitting the job that I was in that was making me feel awful that wasn't aligned with my purpose is what I would say today so then I I send the email, I quit the job, and then the next thing I do is I start 75 hard and I start meditating for the first time in my life. And the, the whirlwind of those events starting September 9th is when I sent the email to September 18th of when I started these programs and started doing things that were actually in alignment with myself, I was a completely different person within three weeks from then. So I think that's a, a pretty remarkable turning yeah. point and transformation.
1: Well, tell me, about, tell me about that initial phase of 75 hard, and I love that because essentially what you did to correct it was assign yourself like habits that force yourself into a routine. Talk to me about how that impacted the change. Without those habits and without
0: those routines, I wouldn't be here today. And 75 hard, for those who are unfamiliar, it's 75 days straight of two workouts, a progress picture following a diet, drinking a gallon of water, and reading 10 pages of a book. And they were pretty simple things, and it was challenging enough that I was like excited to do the challenge. And Mm. then on top of that, Tej always was talking about meditation and how much that helped him, and I really admired him and loved the way he was speaking about the world. So I started to meditate 20 minutes in the morning, first thing, back straight up against the wall, and having a kitchen timer. And so those two... Were just those two habits, I, 75 hard and meditation, just it created this momentum in my life where I was like, oh, wow, I can do what I say I'm going to do. And here's mm-hmm. the kicker. When I, started, <laughs> when I started 75 hard the first day, I sent Tej a text message and I said, hey, Tej, um, I'm doing this program 75 hard and I'm on day one. And to his credit, and this was a big reason why I believe I finished it or at least got through the first 35 days, Tej said, I'm going to do it too. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to do it. There was no, no need for him to do it, but he, he appreciated, I think the challenge inspired him as well. And mm-hmm. he wanted to get involved and also wanted to be an accountability partner. So mm-hmm. at the end of each day, we would text each other day one complete, day five complete, day 100, day 75 complete rather. We didn't get mm-hmm. to day 100. So that was, those were two really important habits. And those were, I was changing by virtue of the accountability as well.
1: Yeah. Well, tell me, so tell me this. You had mentioned that uh, your, your, the, when you first started to do, when you first started to do meditation, it was difficult. And I think we all, when we think of meditation, we all think of the same thing. And a lot of us probably that have not done it, would be like, "Man, that sounds like a little bit daunting, a little bit scary to just be." <laughs> so tell me how that felt and the progress cuz it sounds like meditation has been a consistent part of your life ever since then.
0: Yeah, it has been. Um it's it sounds daunting, I guess when you put the phrase meditation on it or when it's when you think about like monks who meditate or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I mean, another way that I've just tried to reframe it to people is do you take a shower? Do you use your phone in the shower? Yeah. You don't? Okay, well, you're basically meditating because you're aware <laughs> of your thoughts. Yeah. And for some reason, that really clicks with people of like, oh, I'm already doing it. Um, and And just another thing is like, imagine just spending 20 minutes without your phone and without any stimulus and your eyes were open. Like, that's meditating as well. That's taking quiet time as well. So I think like, you know, how I phrase meditation maybe to some people may be unapproachable, but it's just the idea of just like spending time alone with just you and where no stimulus is coming in and really just what happens when that, when you do that is you become aware of how you think and aware of the ways in which you can do better and aware of, of life, more generally speaking.
1: Hmm. So yeah, that, that's kind of how meditation helped me. Tell, me. tell me about the turning point when meditation started being real because there was that initial phase where you had to like really push through it. So tell me like what, was, what was that transition like?
0: Yeah, so I didn't think meditation worked. I, I was doing it for, for 90 days, but it was really when I was driving for the first time. And so I, I was living in San Diego and I didn't have a car. And then I come back to New York and I start driving a car for the first time in 90 days. And I'm sitting at the driving wheel and I get to a, a red stoplight. And I, I notice my mind go, I want this light to be green, turn green, turn green, turn green, green. And that was going on in my head. And then I start laughing and I'm like, oh my God, every time that I've been at a red light, I've wanted it to be green. I've wanted it to go faster. I've wanted to just get to the next thing. I was like, wow, isn't that fascinating? And I started laughing at myself. And in that moment, I realized the only reason I was laughing at myself or aware of that thought was because I'd been meditating for the last 90 days. Hmm. And I was like, whoa. In the moment, I can now change my thoughts? This is like an unheard of superpower and skill that will serve me for the rest of my life. And I've only Hmm. been doing this for 90 days. So that was kind of the first sense of like, this works. I'll be doing this for the rest of my life in some capacity, and I'm so grateful to have found this at 25 years or 24, 24, 25 years old. In between that that period and and just was so grateful.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I was I experienced something similar yesterday where I was I was flying home from a from like a client trip and I was on the plane and I have the I bought the plane Wi-Fi you know like I got the you know like the you know like it's fifty dollars a month or whatever it is is like too too yeah. ridiculously priced. So I was on it and I'm trying to like. Connect to anything, and it's just buffering. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, okay, wait, let me. Like, when is this gonna? <laughs> and it, like, it wasn't until like I would be sitting there for like 25 seconds, and I was like, man, I remember a time when it was instantaneous. <laughs> and now that it's not instantaneous, I'm like, is this even worth it? But it, you have that kind of thought where it's like you just put it away. It's like, okay, I don't even want this. I'd rather just like <laughs> just sit and experience and be like, it's okay to just not have anything else. Involved in my life to try to distract me from wherever I'm at Um, Tell me tell me is there like a spiritual component to it or is it just like mindfulness? Oh, man, I
0: I think it it's deeply spiritual. I mean for me I it it's gotten deeper and deeper for me down the spiritual rabbit hole I've probably I've been meditating now for four years and it's It it has connected me to all things, you know, it's made me believe True or not, in, in my mind and my experience, I feel connected to you. I feel like we are the same. Hmm. And, and that's just made me such a kinder individual. It's made me so much more aware of the space that I'm taking up, how I say things. Um, like e- Even if you, you could see this in, in like actual writing, go to my tweets before September 2019 and then go to my tweets after. Uh, December 2019, right after 90 days of meditating, see the difference. Like just like it's there. I, I haven't done this, but I can imagine it's an entirely different person who's speaking or writing in a much kinder way, in a much more open and inclusive way to more people because you, I am you and I am the person reading it. And so if you genuinely believed or knew in your heart that you were the person you were writing to, how would that change how you were, say the message or Mm. how you would interact with the world. I mean, for me, it's incredibly spiritual. And so that meditation has led to the deepening and understanding of like, okay, if I am you, like, and I am everything, but I'm not, I don't, I can't feel or, or see what you see, but I feel like I'm you. Like, what does that mean about duality? What does that mean about how things work? And Wow, this is like a, a fascinating rabbit hole to go down that I have just like I'm barely scratching the surface on. So yeah. that's the well, that's my so, journey.
1: So tell me, there like you still have values though. You still have things you agree with and disagree with. So tell me how how has it helped mm. you empathize with particularly people you disagree with? Because I'm sure there's there's a joy of we can connect. You know, we can be here in this moment, and no matter where, no matter what the the lines are that are drawn, we can have commonality. But tell me how does that impact disagreement because i think especially over election cycles right that's mm. that's an issue for for culture it's an issue for social media and over this next year it's gonna be more and more prevalent um that we all experience so how does that help you
0: yeah it's a great point and i guess i i just now i step back and say if i was raised in the same environment this person was and i have the same genes that this person has, I would believe what this person believes. And that doesn't make it right, wrong. It just means we disagree on this. It just made me more open to holding, maybe this person's right that I disagree with. Maybe the thing that I just said is wrong and that's okay. And it it doesn't mean that I, I don't have confidence in what I'm saying or my beliefs. It just means like, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the knowledge. And this person might have more knowledge in this area, so I guess it just made me more open to the ways in which I could be wrong, which I guess means it's it's brought my ego down mm-hmm. and allowed me to just see reality from more perspectives, which has
1: made me kinder so that's yeah. kind of how I, I think about it I love that your spirituality has humbled you um hmm. tell me like there's a there's a dichotomy between humility and confidence. And sometimes people Mm. struggle with that. Sometimes people say like, okay, I'm, I'm either, you know, uh, they fall into insecurity as a false humility or they fall into arrogance as like a false confidence. How have you balanced that line? I don't know. Cause I feel, I feel like I have humility and I feel like I
0: have confidence and I am not quite sure exactly how that has happened. Let's try to analyze it. I mean, if I just say the meditation has made me humble and has made me more have more humility, and I'm doing things that are in alignment with the person that I wanna be, so that's made me confident, is like I wanna put out three podcasts a week. I've put out three podcasts a week. I wanna run a marathon. I'm training and I'm I'm consistent in my training for the marathon. That makes me confident because I'm doing what I say I'm going to do, which is undeniable. But in another sense, I know that I'm not all-knowing or all-powerful or all-anything. I'm just a guide on the vision, on the mission of what I want to accomplish. And so I guess it's the mix of, of meditation and doing difficult things that are in alignment with the person that I want to be that has allowed me to have both of
1: those traits. Hmm. I've noticed that to the majority of people that do this well, they have a mentality of always learning and so they're never surprised similar to what you said like that person could be right that's not said by someone that that can be said by someone who has confidence but it's not said by someone who has arrogance and Mm. um i i love that medium of like there's a there's a desire to always learn so talk to me about that talk to me about in the last two months you say you've been training for this marathon but in, in in other ways like what are something that you're actively trying to learn
0: yeah i I would say running's the big one. I'm actively trying to learn I was actively trying to learn discipline of like and commitment and um and mental toughness of like I didn't feel like I was getting the mental toughness muscle at all in in my life and really because the podcast was smooth running' was doing three podcasts a week um and I just wanted the place to learn mental toughness and I got obsessed with it i mean I read this book elite minds by dr stan Beecham. um incredible book that i highly recommend and i read a bunch of books in similar vein about mental toughness and it's like okay i'm reading about it but do i have it you know do do i possess the ability to use the learning from these books in real life okay running's gonna be my test ground for that so that's been really
1: the Mm -hmm. big one um what did you think about the book uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins?
0: I haven't read it in uh, maybe like three years, but I, okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Like I okay. enjoyed learning about his ethos. I enjoyed um, just like understanding where he comes from and the type of darkness that he comes from and how he's able to transcend his darkness through running. I yeah. definitely think there's something spiritual about running. Um, I talked to Candace Burt. Recently, and I just published a podcast with her today, she ran 200 marathons in 200 straight days, which is a world record. And when you hear this woman speak, it's like this woman is enlightened. And Mm -hmm. she's talking about spiritual concepts, like we are nature. Um, We are like deeply, like there's no separation between nature and us. She talks about like how curiosity is spiritual, like she, why did she do this? Why did she try to run 200 ultramarathons in 200 days? Because she was curious if she could. And I thought that was it. I was like, oh, I never heard that before. That curiosity, reaching for the unknown or asking about the unknown is like reaching up to the gods in some sense of like, is this possible? Is this not? Hmm. So I, I love that. And, and I just, I felt deeply connected to her vision and her mission and just everything she puts out. And I I think there is something to running that is is spiritual.
1: Hmm. Would you say, like, you said you've been, you've been studying discipline. You wouldn't hmm. think that three podcasts a week is discipline?
0: When you set the treadmill to a high bar and it becomes easy to do, then it, there's no discipline required. It's like, you know how people are like, yeah, like, like do, do hard things, like go to the gym. But, like, the person's been going to the gym for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That is not, it, it's harder for that person to take a rest week than it is for them to go to the gym, right? So I think that we have to be careful because what's hard for me might be e- easy for you and vice versa. And so for me, at going, going into my fourth year of doing the podcast now, it's easy for me to put out three podcasts a week. I have the help now to do it. Like I have an editor who we go back and forth with, shout out Video King Pablo. Like <laughs> I, I have the systems in place that make it easy. But it wasn't when, it, when I started necessarily for all the reasons why, um, of like the video editing and all this stuff. But regardless, I think it's important to ask yourself, even if I'm doing something that is hard for other people, is it hard for me in this moment? And, and if maybe, it, maybe the point of life is not to do hard things, but it is important for my life that I want to live to challenge myself. And mm. running was one area that I could challenge myself to be more disciplined or have more mental toughness. And it's really worked and it's really translated to every area of my life. I have more energy than I've ever had in my life. I have more purpose and desire and and I'm on point and aligned in every moment. And I can't help but think running has played a huge role in that. I've run 100 miles a month for the past uh, three months now. And it's like I feel different in my mind, mm. body, and spirit. So, mm.
1: What a... You have, you've had this infectious joy since you started the podcast and you have this yeah. energy that's very apparent. I know there's an element of that that you have to bring to the plate every single time you, you just, just to benefit your guest, right? You're like, I want to be here present with you, but talk to me about how you're saying right now that you've never felt more energy since feeling low in that depression and since doing the 75 hard and going on this journey. Has there been ebbs and flows in your process of like, I feel high and low or has it been consistent? It's generally been
0: higher, much higher than it was in those down moments. But there there has been periods in the past three or four years, three years since I've started the podcast, that have been lows. And it's so cool looking back because I can pinpoint what those lows were and why they happened and how not to go there in the future. And Mm -hmm. so I'll give you one so that people can get a sense one massive low from the podcast journey was I had done about 150 episodes and people were starting to take notice and because people were taking notice they offered me jobs and they offered me opportunities one job was an nft podcast that people wanted me to run and I was like this is amazing I love nfts I'm going deep into this I'm learning," and I love podcasting, so this will be a perfect fit. So I, I do this NFT podcast, and I get depressed within three months of doing it. I mean, the third month, I was just like, I was a zombie. Like, I was not feeling good. And I was upset at myself because I'd taken this job because my dad thought it was a good idea, and also, like, I thought it was a good idea. But, like, when I was taking the job, I know for a fact I was thinking about my dad's voice about what he, think, what he would think I would what do you think about the situation? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, dad's gonna love this, you know? Dad's gonna appreciate that I'm, I use my talents or gifts or whatever, or the skills that I've learned to help um, get a job, because like, to him that's very important. And I realized, looking back, that was his voice. That was what he would have done in that situation. And I paid the price for it in a real, real way because I followed his voice over my own. Hmm. And if I look back to this moment and we fast forward, why do I feel so good? Why do I have so much energy? Why do I have so much joy? It's because I've been listening to my own voice. My own voice is the one that's like, run if you want to run. Do the podcast if you want to do the podcast. Like believe in yourself. Do things that are in alignment with yourself. And it just created this beautiful um, energy is the best way to put it.
1: Yeah. How much friction did you experience in the beginning you know, like you dedicated yourself to this journey. You said, I wanted to do it. And so you set out to do it. And then you're, you're saying that your dad essentially wanted some level of responsibility. He was like, okay, I'm, great that you're doing this. Great. You're feeling this energy. I want you to cash in, right? So that you're benefiting <laughs> monetarily and making a living for yourself. How much friction do you experience in that season? In the season of? Uh, like, I guess transitioning to like you committing to doing this fully for yourself. Because you're saying you basically took that job because you were listening to his voice. Was his yeah. voice consistent saying like, Danny, you got to make money doing this? Yeah, yeah, it was consistent. Was that hard? Was it hard to like fight against that? Um,
0: it was harder at some points and, and easier at some points. I would say the, when it really became easier to separate the voice was when I moved to a different state because mm-hmm. I could so clearly see the ways in which just like subtle little things and conversations and comments would impact my own decision making hmm and it's hard with people like my dad. it's like I respect him so much, yeah, so it's like if he's saying this like it's it's hard for me to like take it as not the truth because it's coming from someone I respect so much. Does that yeah. make sense like it's even harder,
1: yeah. yeah, did you feel like you had i mean the community seemed to immediately support you and like how much of that in those lower seasons, especially doing the podcast for the NFTs were you feeling like I want to continue this to support the community I've built. Was that like the thing that was kept you pushing to the same extent or was it for yourself? It's funny. I don't think about like,
0: (laughs) I don't think about the community, um, which is so interesting. I don't like, I think about people. You know, like, I care about you, Grant, as an individual, um, and I care about people who follow me, but I don't, like, I'm like, it's not about nurturing the community. It's not about, um, like, what is the community going to think of this? I understand Hmm. that there's a lot of people who, like, have my back and support me, and like, but I don't think about it in the same terms as that for some reason. I don't know why. Um, Hmm. I just
1: love people. I love that because I think that comes through in content and people can smell disingenuous individuals from a mile away. Yeah. And when, and when they sense that it's like, it's so much harder to support because there's a desire to ask. And so that, I love that. And I frame that in your content because I, I hear the, I'm doing this for me in each episode. Do you, yeah, what? What constitutes for you a really successful episode of your podcast? That
0: the guests learn something about themselves and that I enjoyed it. And those are like two of the, the primary um, things that make it a success. And then on top of that, if the person listening feels more light and there's more light in the person's world of like, oh, maybe I can accomplish this. Or, oh, wow, like this person has dealt with a similar situation. Or, oh, wow, that person gave me a new framework for how to go about living in the world. Or, wow, Danny's question sparked me to answer that question myself about my own life. Mm -hmm. I think, like, if I can just shine more light to the person listening, that's a success. And if if the guest comes away feeling more light in some way, that's a success. And if I come away enjoying it because of the light, That I was able to give or receive from them, that's a success. Hmm. So I guess there's a lot of different things, but it is all centered around light, which Hmm. is why the new logo for the podcast is about to come out (laughs) that has
1: way more light. Did you go with J.K. Molina's one? I liked I liked his little (laughs) little edit. (laughs) That was so good, so good, solid. Uh, That's hilarious. I I I want to ask you. You've had I, I I asked someone this recently that's also done about. Four or five hundred podcasts, and I I want to. uh, His name is John. He he runs a company called Rise Twenty Five, and he he uh, is an agency that helps businesses with podcasts. But through it, he's created his own podcast that supposedly has. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, I will be. I'm guessing now that I'm mentioning it. Uh, But I asked him, and I want to ask you the same question. Um, who who was your favorite person you've had on? and actually yeah answer that first who's your favorite person that you've had on the next one <laughs> say tell me about it <laughs>
0: it's always the next one i love this so much i love doing podcasts i will never stop loving doing podcasts and the truth is i will never stop loving interacting with human beings And it's so deep in me and you can't pay me any amount of money for me to stop interacting with human beings and broadcasting their stories to the world. Like to me, that's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. And so my favorite one is always the next one that I'm doing.
1: Hmm. Do you have the same approach for now guesting on podcasts?
0: Of course. I have the same approach for the present moment. It's like, Hmm. what's your favorite moment from your life? (laughs) The next one or this one, right? Yeah. is probably a better answer.
1: I love that. I love that. So, but you've had a lot of repeat guests. You've had a lot of people where it's like they come on multiple times. Uh, what what's led to that? Like, is that just because you're like, do you feel like you've left conversations unfinished, or do you feel like I would love to just kind of tap into the same energy that we had at that moment? I I don't think it's either. I think it's just like I want to talk to this person again. You know,
0: mm. um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's too much to it. I'm just like, all right, like let's have another conversation. Like let's, you know, that felt good the first time. Like let's do it again.
1: Yeah. You know, do you feel uh, in your research process, do you feel a need to uncover something different?
0: No, I don't. Um, Human beings are so complex and trying to get them down to an hour or two is like an impossible task. And I view the podcast as an act of creation. And the the key piece of creation is you are doing something new. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget what happened with Kamal Ravikant. I believe it was episode 61. Um, I started to ask him about, like, his book that really impacted me, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravikant. Highly recommend it. Hmm. Started to ask him some of the basic questions about the book and the premise. And he's like, dude, I don't really want to talk about this. <laughs> and... <laughs> I appreciated his honesty so much and his vulnerability of saying that because a lot of people would just go with the script, but he just was honest of like, dude, like I've done this a million times. I don't want to do this again. And he we spoke about it. And he, it was the fact that he had said the same thing. How do you love yourself? What What is loving yourself like your life depends on? What does that mean? What's the process? He'd gone through that so many times that when he was saying it in this moment, it wasn't a creation. It was a rehashment of what he said in the past or what he wrote down in the past. And so what's what makes my podcast unique, I feel, is that it's a present moment creation, that we are creating something together, me and the guests, and that that conversation not only can never happen again, it has never happened before, and mm-hmm. it will never happen again in the future. So I can have any guest on a second or third or fourth time because... The conversation will inherently be new and different in some way and in a Mm -hmm. meaningful enough way that the person who's listening won't be like, this is the same shit from last time Mm because it won't be. It'll be something new even if we talk about the same
1: things because we have new perspectives in that moment. Do you still have a list of people? Do you you update that list of people that you have that you were like, I really want to talk to this person?
0: For sure. I mean, I think I have less... I don't I don't really ever have attachment to that list. I just more so have it as like a way to spark joy for myself. Um, but yeah, I, there's still a list, but I don't like review it at all or like mm. anything. You know, mm.
1: maybe I does should. That, <laughs> does that mean that, yeah, does that, because I, I imagine when you started out, that was all that was present on your mind is like, man, I would love to earn the right to have these conversations with these people. Not really. Really?
0: Not really. Yeah, not really. Um, It wasn't so much about like, this is the list and I want to hit this list and I want to hit these people on the list. It was, instead it was more like, I love talking to people. I love Mm -hmm. uncovering these stories. Mm -hmm. And these human beings are so amazing, even if other people haven't heard of them before. Mm -hmm. So I think that was more of the ethos than like... Here are the top ten dream guests, and of course, I wanted to have the dream guests on, but it wasn't about like knocking them off the list. Hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I do. I also think that there's there's a thing to speaking into into, into existence, and mm-hmm. sometimes like like you need to almost write it down to allow yourself the ability to to make it happen. Uh, like it's a, some form of manifestation where it's like I unless I say I'm going to do this or say I want to do this. It's not actually going to happen. Um, I guess in the same way with running that you have, where it's like, unless I say I'm going to, to do this marathon and commit myself to it, it's not going to happen. Do you think, uh, yeah, you're, you're pushing yourself physically. What does pushing yourself in the podcasting world mean? Podcasting is like,
0: it's basically like intellectual workouts. You really have to sit and think, Okay, what did that person say? How did that person, how does that relate to something that happened in my life? How does that relate to something that they said previously? How does that relate to the work that they've done? You're doing all that in your head at the same time. And then you have to come up with a response that makes sense or a question that makes sense in order to push the interview to more light, right? That's mm. what I'm trying to do here. Mm. So it's all, it's, it's an intellectual workout. That's what podcasting gives me and is to me. And it's like you go to the gym three times a week, you get jacked. You go to the gym, you go to the podcast gym three times a week for three years, you get intellectually jacked. And I feel so much, I have so much more control over my words today and so much more meaning to more things. And the ability to communicate is so much stronger today than it was three years ago. And I'm excited to see what it looks like three years from now or 10 years from now. Because yeah. I just love the process of getting better at communicating my thoughts. Yeah, do you uh, do you have aspirations to write a book? I think it's it'll it'll happen sometime in the future.
1: What would uh, what would you want to write that book about?
0: I've been playing around with a, a few different ideas. One is like meeting your heroes. I think I've done that pretty well, and I could definitely speak on that. Another was around meditation, and just like. Really, that has been the core of it. Um, so, I think those two came to mind initially. So,
1: yeah, in that, do you think you keep mentioning this? You know, spread light. Yeah, and there's that through like intellect. What do you? What is there? Is there like a particular darkness you feel like people in general experience that you're trying to help resolve?
0: I think the darkness that I. Ex- is the darkness that I experienced was myself and like the, the parts of the weak parts of myself. Let's call it the vices, Mm -hmm. right? One question I love to ask people is like, what does you, (laughs) what is your vice at its worst look like? And Mm -hmm. what type of person are you? It's like, Mm -hmm. really imagine the darkness to me. That's like, I'm a gambling addict. Like, who's living in Las Vegas, and every night I just gamble nonstop and that leads me to the darkness. I know that's like, that would be my vice or the, my thing that that is capable of destroying me. Hmm. So I think it's worth considering for people, like what is the darkness for them? And, and why would that darkness occur? And what vices would, or vice or vices, what would what would happen for you to get to that point? like for you, what is it? What would you say? What's the worst version of you look like? I mean, it's a, that's a very vulnerable thing to think about. And then to say in a podcast,
1: I love that question. Cause that when I, when I evaluate myself, I see, I see there's a, like there's an emotional answer. And then there's like a, there's a, like a physical, literal answer. Like if, if I had to experience what my vice would probably be, it'd probably be alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I joke with my wife, like, if it's a good day, I'm drinking one glass. If it's a bad day, I'm drinking two. <laughs> and I, I, so I think on, on that sense, it would be. I don't think I, I've ever abused it um, or I've ever really gotten drunk, but I think that would be my answer on that level. But I think even more dangerously, my vice would probably be um, insecurity, like crippling insecurity. Mm. Like, I think, like, I would, uh, just doubt myself into oblivion. And then uh, and end up, I think like at, at my worst moments have always been in a self-condemnation sense where I, I, I say to myself, Grant, you're not doing enough or you are not enough. Mm. Um, and then I, I, I look around at, at my responsibilities, my wife, my kids, and uh, I acknowledge, like I, I, I fall into failure. I fall into the this is the hole you've gotten yourself in, and nothing can get you out and I think like that on it on it's easier for me to sit there rather than pinpoint that and and push it towards any particular vice it it is a finger that I point down at myself and and frankly in, in terms of my spirituality like if I'm not rooted in my spiritual faith, it is really hard to stay out of that. But when I'm most grounded in my spiritual faith, I feel confidence from the outside voice that says (laughs) to me, you know, uh, grant you're not enough, but I am, Mm. uh, and, and I make you enough. And I, I, to me, I feel like that whenever I've experienced, I feel peace in that, but at my worst moments, uh, that's, it's not advice. It's just, it's just a voice.
0: Well, and it's interesting how vice and voice are closely related in terms of words. Um, you know, it's interesting you say insecurity, because one thing I noticed about you was how secure it seems like you present. Like, I could almost tell immediately that you were someone who is secure in themselves, or it feels that way. And so I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the perception that I got mm. from just meeting you for, I don't know how long we've been speaking.
1: <laughs> uh, it comes in moments. I, I, like, mm. wouldn't you say the same thing? Like, I, I think like there's there's the there's the person we push ourselves to be, and then there's the the person we have to face in the mirror at night. And sometimes they aren't the same. Um, and I, you know, it's really funny. I just spent this weekend. Uh, I spent this weekend surrounded by uh, seven-figure, eight-figure business owners, um, and I am not either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I was sitting there, I just for a second, I was like, you know what? I had moments of I don't deserve to be here, and that awareness and reminder of no, I have value here, and I have so much to learn here, and to be so grateful and present for that moment. But like, I I that insecurities kept creeping in, and I was it wasn't I don't believe in uh, imposter syndrome, but it just it just freshly made aware of like comparison is just who you're looking at in the room Uh, and that and the reality is even the people that I'm with no matter what their status is we have equal playing ground uh, on so many other things and that monetary status is not one of them but it takes active thought to be like I have self-worth when I'm surrounded by people who in the world I feel like the world has more worth for. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does and and it helps inform the reason why you asked the question at the beginning about, um, if I ever felt like I was comparing myself to anyone when I was feeling down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, i never liked those terms. Like this is a seven figure entrepreneur. This is, I mean, I haven't liked those terms since I started meditating. I liked those terms before, which yeah. is interesting to think about. Um, it's similar to being like, I was in the room with a bunch of people who had over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. It's like, who cares? Like, yeah. what is that? what does that say about anything, yeah. you know? And and I've always felt like, yeah, put me in front of Elon Musk right now and let's have an interview. Or put me in front of a homeless person right now. That doesn't speak to their value. That mm-hmm. speaks to, like, what they've created and the amazing things they've created or haven't or how their life has got. It's just like, these are human beings. This is a baby who has a life path. <laughs> and it's like, you would just look at a baby and be like, that's amazing. Yeah, you are that baby still. You are still yeah. amazing just for existing. So am That's, I. So is every person you see. So it's like this little baby's seven figure baby <laughs> is yeah. a seven-figure baby. This little baby. Yeah.
1: Well, I try. To, I try to ground myself. Like, so I, I have a really close relationship with my father. It sounds like you have a similar positive relationship where you respect him, which mm-hmm. honestly is rare. That's a rare thing. And the more people I relate with, and the more men I relate with, um, that that doesn't seem to be the case. I've interviewed. Uh, multiple people where that's been, the adversity of that is the reason they've had success or whatever they define as success. Something that for me though is, that grounds me is my father was a Baptist pastor, is a Baptist pastor for like almost 40 years. And uh, no one will ever know his name when he dies. Um, And no one will really remember him. But that doesn't take away the fact that I know for a fact that individuals have been influenced by him, and that he's he's carried people through their darkest moments, and that just kind of helps me re- remember. Like that is like, I could I could make a billion dollars, and it would be much more meaningless <laughs> in comparison to the impact that that has on people. And like I, I talked to somebody, my Uber driver last night, and he said he's starting a nonprofit for veterans that have been imprisoned, and I was like that man is twice the man I'll ever be because of his mission I don't know and if purpose. True. Well, just to the extent of like that mission and that moment, like I chase monetary success, I chase business success because I want to help people, but I love the fact that there's people like that that exist that impact people on an individual level yes. and care for them there that, that may never get the recognition for it.
0: Yes, I, I agree completely with what you said. I disagree with how you said it. I Meaning you put him above you hmm. and and you said, I'll never be the man he is. But it's like, you could easily decide tomorrow that that's what sure. you're going to do. And if, and if, <laughs> so I, it's just a slight thing that I noticed you, how you said it that I, I want you to question or ask yourself like why you said it that way. How would you say it? I would say, what that man is doing incredible. Like the second part of what you said, like this is amazing. Not
1: like I am worse than him because of his amazingness. Shit, so you're, okay, you're doing on my own podcast where you're, you're making me realize something about myself. You're, you're saying I, even in a positive sense, I'm still comparing and there's still a danger to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you don't need to
0: put yourself down for accomplishments of someone else. Hmm. Like you, you did that in a subtle way. You said he, he'll be twice the man I'll ever be, and hmm. I'm like, no, 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 we're not going. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's the how- too much humility. Hmm. So that's how- not enough confidence.
1: How have you? Yeah, how have you learned that? Was because because there's a, you've been on this four year journey or almost four year journey of experiencing that. Like how have you? How have you taken yourself out of the? I feel depressed and insecure maybe not even insecure but i just feel depressed and i don't feel like i'm fulfilling what i want to do to i i can i can be equal with all
0: yeah so i think i think part you know i said my vice was gambling part of gambling is like you believing you have too much knowledge so i needed more humility Mm. right i i needed more of what you have of like Dude, you're not that great. You're not that smart. Like, there's so much that you don't know. And that's what meditation gave me. So, like, that kind of evened me out. But Mm. I think my natural tendency, because I was so loved as a child, because my parents were like, you're amazing. You're incredible. You know, over and over and over and over again, you can start to believe the bullshit. And I, I wasn't putting in the work to be amazing. But I was like, I'm amazing. But I'm not putting in the work to be amazing. I don't feel amazing. But in my head, I'm like, well, my my grandma and my mom say I'm amazing. You know what I mean? So it's like that was all going on in my head. Mm. Um, So, but I think what's interesting is like how we give away our truths by just how we say it and what we say, and Mm. that, and that was like the tell. Like from what you said, you didn't even realize you were saying it. Um, But it, it spoke to. What you what you feel in some in some version of yourself?
1: Yeah, well, that's what I told you. I think in if my advice is anything, it's that I I bring myself down, mm-hmm. um, or I or I uh, push myself down. Uh, I I think I experienced things similar to you, and uh, for me, it was January twenty twenty one, and uh, I haven't spoken about this. Uh, yet, but uh, my wife and I had had two miscarriages and that was like really brutal for us. And there was a a lack of control that I felt um, because I I was very aware of, yeah, I was just very low and very, very aware that I was like, man, what I want does not seem to be happening and the efforts I'm putting into it doesn't seem to be coming to any fruit. So what I did was I I changed my, I changed my area. uh, I reevaluated my goals and I reset my habits. And then I started investing in education for, and enlightenment for myself. Almost similar to that like 75 hard, but without the accountability. Talk to me about how people that are currently there, um, that are currently sitting in that darkness, that are currently feeling like they're out of control, or their efforts aren't equating to what they actually want in life. How, how can they do that when they are alone? say, say they send that email and, uh, they get ghosted, say they Mm. send that DM or they send that text and, and they don't have that community to, to really push themselves out of it. What would you say to them?
0: Yeah, I would say, I would say find people who are, are doing similar things that you want to be doing. Um, like, let's say you want to start running. I'd be like, come to my run club, my Tuesday mornings at 7am in Austin, Texas, you know, like. I think you have to surround yourself with people who are doing the thing that you want to be doing. And that takes courage and that takes humility and often being like, I am not very good at this thing Mm. and I'm showing up where people are good at it. And, um, I would say that if you send the email and you get ghosted, like you got to go to your physical surroundings and you have to go to physical places, whether that's a church, whether that's, um, a run group, whether that's, um, A book club, like it's got to be like people in a world of podcasts and you can get anything on demand at any time, you need to be surrounded by physical people. And in in my lowest moments, I've been isolated and alone and sending a message instead of being involved in a physical community of some sort. And I think that the answer is just finding people. Who mm. care about you and love you, or who will look at you and hold you to a higher standard because they're holding a higher standard for themselves? Mm. So I think that's the the go to thing because inherent in a physical community is accountability in some real sense.
1: What do you think about the term friendship? Because uh, mm. a lot of people don't experience friendship for a long period of time. Sometimes they're short term, sometimes they're long term. What's it been like for you? Have you feel like you found long term friendships or? being present, are you just like, I don't really care about that? Um,
0: I am in a unique position where more people want to be friends with me than I can be friends with. Hmm. Um, And I, because of that, I have amazing friends, you know, Tej Dosa, amazing friend. um, And I've, my friends are people who inspire me and who make me feel great and who, who, expect more from me than I expect from myself, even. And I don't, like, I feel extremely blessed in terms of friendship. And I I try to put out, like, the reason why I do the podcast is because I know that there's some, I, I mean, I spoke to this, to a kid who's 15 or 16 years old in India, and he listens to the podcast because he says, nobody in my life is like this. And Hmm. the crazy thing is that everyone in my life is like the people on the podcast Hmm. because they're on the podcast, right? And I'm so inspired by that. And I don't say that to brag. I say that because I am trying to bring that to more people and Hmm. more humans. And this kid in India is one of the people who's benefiting from the amazing relationships that I'm having and the amazing friendships I'm having in my own life. Hmm. So that's that's how I think about friendships. And Hmm. that's kind of I think as it relates to the podcast as well
1: yeah yeah what uh you've recently launched uh just almost training on on how to do what you've done what's Mm -hmm. been the response like to that have you have has it been has it surprised you has it motivated you what what's been your feelings towards it
0: it feels just very much in alignment which is amazing I feel there was a lot of hesitation for me a lot of insecurity about like, am I the right person to do this? Can I do this? Um, And then I put together what I believe is the greatest resource on interviewing on the internet. And yes, it's behind a paywall, but I spent 3000 hours learning everything I put in there so that I can give it to you in four hours and that there could be resources that you can get that can make your process of doing it can be a lot easier. So I feel it's well worth the investment. A lot of people have said it's well worth the investment. I really appreciated that. Um, and it's. I didn't really have any expectations for it. I was just like, I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to see what happens. And I'm, I'm really excited by how people have resonated with it. I'm really excited to add to it in November after going on a bunch of podcasts, seeing what I could do better with it. And I'm open to feedback and seeing where I was wrong or mm-hmm. where I can add to these this course, artofinterviewing.com. And if you want to buy it, great. If you don't want to buy it, also great. You know, I think it's, it won't be for everyone, but if you want to learn to communicate with people better, if you want to learn how to interview people better, like, I think it's the best place to go to learn about that stuff. So,
1: and I vouch for it too. Uh, what I've seen of it and what I've heard of it has been incredible. And as you've seen on this episode, Danny is not only great as a guest, but also can turn it on people. So you can only imagine what he's like as a host. Um, I want to end it with this question. Um, you, last January, I think, you you uh, secluded yourself for five days to focus on meditation and goal setting and rebalancing and journaling. What was that like?
0: So I did that in August of this year, and I did it for the first time in, I might have tweeted about it in January, but I did it for the first time in August of 2020. Oh, so you know so, august each time
1: like so a
0: two years. I, yes, three year gap between the the two times in August of twenty twenty I mean, there's no coincidence that august twenty twenty I go out to the cabin and in september twenty twenty I start the podcast. The single project that's made the biggest impact on my life came from this retreat, like come on, people, there's something yeah. here, um and so I felt like. I needed to do it again a a few years later and it was equally clarifying. I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this like once a quarter or something, you know, just (laughs) because I mean, someone sent me a DM today and was like, dude, I, I just did the, I just did two days without anything and it was so clarifying and so helpful. And so I challenge anybody listening, please spend two days without technology, turn off all the noise of the world. You can bring books, you can bring old journal entries and just, be you just forget it all for one moment and live like they lived maybe a thousand years ago if they could just go into a, a random place bring some a little bit of food I it is is such a clarifying gratifying experience of presence, calm, peace your nervous system doesn't even know what it feels like to not receive messages in any given day or notifications mm. so please just do this for yourself for me mm. um, that's what. I mean, that's what I got from it. Presence, calm, clarity. You know, I, I've started to ask people, if I pray for you, what should I pray for? And you know, you know what the number one answer that I've gotten from this question? What is it? What do you think? Like, what, 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 what would you think it would be? Peace. It's a great answer. It's the number one answer that I've got is clear vision. Mm -hmm. when we have clear vision we feel peace a lot of the times and what this retreat gave me was both times such clear vision Mm -hmm. and so it is curious to think about maybe the clear vision that we seek is often just three days of silence away
1: Mm -hmm. pretty Mm -hmm. remarkable I think, uh, I think what's evident is the energy that comes off of someone that has clear vision because mm. uh, it is, it, it's infectious. Um, so it, it's hard to interact with someone who's goal-oriented, who has evidence that they hit goals, and who communicates to you that, and reminds you that your goals are possible. Like Anytime, I, I don't know, I imagine you're the same way. I, I'm usually the, the person in my friend group that goes to tell someone like, I believe in you. Yes. And, and I remind them of that thing they mentioned three months ago. And I say like, I know you haven't done that yet and I want you to do it because I believe in you and think you should be doing this. Um, that, that's so powerful by the way, (laughs) that that's the impact that that has is huge. And I think every person needs to hear that at some point in their life is just saying like, yes, what you're doing has meaning the vision that you have wasn't wrong. It's appropriate and you need to go execute on it. And I think like I want to encourage you with that because that that's come through in every episode that I've heard of your podcast. It's come through in in every in every moment it seems like the fact that you bring the same energy when you're a guest as to when you're a host is impressive and I think it speaks Why? to the I think it's it speaks to the heart of who you are and how you care. And I think that's rare. Like intentionality to that extent is rare um, in this world, and in people in people that are even spiritual, to have joy-filled uh, conversations and to have uh, kindness in, in in their eyes is it's it's not common. Um, and so I'm sure you get this a lot that you have a great energy, but I think I think people would would benefit from mimicking it. And even if you have to fake it till you make it for a second, um, even if you have to fake that you believe in yourself for a second, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 my hope is that you hear this podcast and you interact with more of Danny's podcasts and you, you see the evidence of what that effort can do and that there is compounding effects that happen when you take that first step and you continue it for 75 days, And then you reassess and you do it again and again and again. Um, Danny, any closing thoughts? I really appreciate your time. I want to give you an opportunity to to plug some stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I would say thank you for the kind words. I would say I'm just a regular guy who has continued to try, fail a little bit, try, fail a little bit, try, fail a little bit. And each time I try, it feels as if the baseline has increased. And so it's important to note that when you fail, you don't actually fail. You just move along the axis because now you have new information so that when you try the next time you can go up and then when you fail, you could just go to the side. I think failure isn't like down. Failure is just like baseline mm-hmm. it's like you just move along the baseline. So that's just like an interesting thing that, that kind of hit me just in the moment. And, um, I just want to remind people like, I'm not, I'm not special. I just do work. And I, I continue to do work and I've, I pour my love and heart into something that I care about, which is people, and helping show them who they truly are and what they're capable of. So, yeah, I mean, check out my course if you want, artofinterviewing.com, <laughs> check out my podcast, the Danny Miranda Podcast, but check out yourself. Like, believe mm. in yourself. Like, because mm. that's the most important thing, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like, if you believe in yourself, everything gets better, and believing yourself requires you to look at yourself and ask yourself, where's the joy that I've been hiding from myself? When I was 10, what was I doing? What was bringing me joy for the sake of doing it? For me, it was, I created a media company when I was 10 years old, the Mm -hmm. Sunny Times. It's like, (laughs) what in the world? So like, I'm still doing that to this day. I'm still creating the Sunny Times. It's just renamed the Danny Miranda Podcast. Find your thing, find your thing that brings you joy that you would do even if no one knew it and believe in yourself more because you have it in you. You have the gift, keep going.
1: Let's leave it there. Appreciate y'all. See you on the next one.